When you're smiling. Hey, you. Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly. Crack a smile. This episode is brought to you by Google. Google's two-step verification was built to secure your account and help prevent cyber attacks, even if your password is compromised. That's why Google has made it easy to sign into your account with this additional layer of protection. Just one tap and you're in. Learn more at safety.google. Hello, movie lover. Spoiling the best damn movie related show here on the internet. This is your host, as always, for Movie Lovers Unite, John DeGorio. For today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about... Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Now, I haven't seen the movie or anything like that, so I just thought it'd be a little fun thing about expectations and how high I have actually had my expectations on this movie now that I've actually found out some information regarding the film. Not only that, but I also listened to a non-spoiler review because I actually go in and I actually listen to other reviewers and everything on how they have their films the way I know what to expect whenever I go and see a certain movie, even though it's a non-spoiler review that they do, I still like to actually get a feel of what the movie actually is actually going to be, so that way my expectations might not be that high in case of anything. With this, on the other hand, this is a little, this is not even a spoiler or anything like that. This is just me talking about the film on what I found out, and based off of the fact that some of the Star Wars news that came out during this week about Kathleen Kennedy's whole entire thing about the fact that they have no really any real direction whenever it comes down to the Star Wars films. That's exactly what the article that I had written up at the time at the time and everything and I'm like okay maybe I might not affect this film that much or anything like that because I can actually there's actually a point uh, plot point for uh, having Palpatine back into the Star Wars universe. But now I found out that he's just there just to be there. And I don't like the fact that you have this big villain like Palpatine in a Star Wars film and he doesn't do anything to do anything with the plot, to increase the plot line or anything like that. He's just in there just because it's a Star Wars movie. I don't like that. I don't like that factor or anything like that. I want some type of motivation behind what's actually happening within this movie because having a character like Palpatine in there you want to actually have something that's actually going to be broadening your plot and everything else and if it's just there just for him to be there it ends up for me personally what it winds up doing is it I had these high expectations going in with my fan theories and here's the thing I'm not the type of person that will get mad if my fan theories don't make sense or if they don't, or if they're not meant. Because here's the thing, it's a fan theory that I thought of in my head. And because of the fact that it didn't go according to how I thought it was going to go down and everything, it's not going to ruin my movie-going experience at all. But here's the thing, I had expectations of actually thinking that it was actually going to go ahead and actually have a plot line with Palpatine and making that experience on a high note and just to find out now that it's not going to be anything to him being in there, it ends up dropping my expectations. And maybe, just maybe, with me dropping my expectations, I might actually like 
this movie going in. And if you're one of those people that have liked Rise of Skywalker or anything like that too, from what I heard, it's just me hearing things. This is not me spoiling the movie because I haven't seen it yet. But basically, this is J.J. Abrams' apology letter to the Rise of Skywalker and him trying to fix certain issues within the film for Rise of Skywalker. And I don't know if those expectations are actually met. I don't know if the apology is actually acceptable to those to the fan community or anything like that when it comes down to him directing this film in the direction that he went into to try and make things right compared to what The Last Jedi was. So this is just me hearing things right now. And my expectations of uh, Rise of Skywalker as of right now. Me going into the movie and watching this movie is going to be a whole different thing. So this is just me with my expectations and my optimism towards seeing this movie. And how now it's actually just dropped down just to a medium now opposed to being on really high note but that's just me that's just how I'm viewing it and everything else if you've seen uh, Rise of Skywalker and everything else let me know inside the description because I'm actually going to have a voicemail thing in the description to where you guys can actually send me in a voicemail about what your expectations were and if they were meant but if you're going to do that I advise you to please at this moment not to spoil the movie for me because here's the thing, I want this to be a fun experience for me. Because I, whenever uh, The Force Awakens came out and everything, I went on ahead and I ended up listening to a podcast. And that podcast team, I really enjoyed that sh- the shows that they had out. I really enjoyed the content. That was up until the point when The Force Awakens came out that they decided to spoil the movie because they didn't care about Star Wars. They're like, oh, well, screw it. I just don't care. So they ruined the whole entire fact for me that Han Solo was going to die and The Force Awakens. So therefore, it took away the emotional attachment to the character to the point where I didn't even care that he died or anything like that. I'm like, okay, I don't have no tears. I have no fulfillment. It's just an empty space where Han Solo would have actually been if they didn't spoil the movie. So I'm just asking you, please, as a good fan community of what I do, please don't spoil this movie for me. Because I really want to be shocked at what I see and everything. And don't make these corny jokes where, well, it's a spoiler. Spoiler alert. I don't like dealing with that. I really don't. It just shows how childish and ignorant you are. So that's how I feel about that. But another thing I want to talk about is the fact that they are making another Jackass movie, which is going to be the fourth one in the franchise itself. And here's the thing. My question is this to you, the fans. Do you guys feel like that it's too little too late for the Jackass franchise? and everything else. Because here's the thing. I ended up seeing Action Point. And I laughed at a couple of scenes and stuff like that. But it's bad when the per- when me and one other person in the theater that I'm with are, are the only two people in the movie. And that's it. And then, not only that, but it didn't even make its money back or anything like that either. If you look at the budget for this movie, for that movie at that time. 
And that's really bad whenever a movie with that budget for the $15 million budget and it only made like a billion dollars off of that budget. And that's not good. That's really not good. It didn't even make its budget back or anything like that. And then you have to look at the Bad Grandpa movie, which came out in 2013. And I like that one better than I did Action Point, even though Action Point did have a plot to it. It did have the main character played by John Knoxville, who plays a grandfather to this granddaughter. And he's explaining how much fun it was to actually own an amusement park at that time before everybody became all sensitive about suing people for different things and how everybody was pretty much tough during that time too because of the fact that if you broke your arm or whatever, you're just going ahead, you get bandaged up and that's it. Or, you know, it's just another one of those things I'm going to actually make an example of too is like, let's say for instance, you break your finger playing football go on ahead, you put your finger back in place, and you put some tape around it and everything to hold it in place, and you go about your business, you go about playing the game, opposed to now, where you don't even do that, you pretty much set out because of the fact that you don't have a, you can't throw, because of the fact that you have a broken finger, so there's that aspect to it, and I did find myself, like I said before, laughing about it, and then we grab bad grandpa, you also have a grandfather, a guy, who winds up losing his wife, and the grandfather's actually played by Johnny Knoxville as well, and him and his grandson go out on this road trip and everything, and stuff like that, and I actually enjoy that movie a lot more, and everything, but here's my perspective of it, is the fact that it made, it's, it made its money back with a 50, $50 million dollars. But if you look at those two movies and then you look at the projection of what the other Jackass movies did and everything at that time, people actually enjoy Jackass. There's a big following during that time period to now. And I just have to say that nobody really cares about Jackass anymore. Or anything like that. And I'm and I'm just going by the projection of the first of Bad Grandpa. And also of the fact that we have Action Point. I feel like nobody cares about Jackass anymore. I could be wrong. It's not going to be the first time I'm wrong. But that's just me from outside looking in and looking at the, the projection scales. And it doesn't look good from that perspective right now. But like I said, it's not the first time I've been wrong. I've been wrong plenty of times. But I just feel like that. I just feel like that's how it is. And another thing I want to mention is the fact that I want to move on. As a matter of fact, I want to go on ahead and move on to something else right now, too, because that's the end of what I was trying to say. But another thing I want to talk about is Birds of Prey. And here's the thing. I'm not optimistic about it. And I'm a huge DC, huge Marvel fan and everything as well, because I love reading both comics um, by both comics uh comic artists and stuff like that, both studios, but here's the thing, with Birds of Prey, the reason why I'm not optimistic about it, the reason why I'm not that excited about it like I want it to be is because of the fact that this is actually a continuation of what they did with Suicide Squad in a, in a certain sense, because of the fact that they went on ahead and said, you know what, 
Harley Quinn is going to be our center, which is which is something I'm fine with. Margot Robbie knocked it out of the park as Harley Quinn. I have no qualms about that at all. But you're going after the same type of... Here's the thing. You're going after the same type of humor and stuff like that that you guys were trying to do in the last Suicide Squad movie. And, well, not the same uh, humor, but the tone of it is what you're going after. And to me, the tone of Suicide Squad just didn't work in its favor. And the fact that they're just slapping a rated R movie um, rating to it doesn't do anything to amplify anything. As long as the fact that the only way that it does amplify is if this is not going to be a choppy movie and if it's just not going to be a radar movie for the sake of being a radar movie and it's going to be there to glorify the character rather than just being there just to be radar. And I've always said that too because the reason why Logan was so successful, the reason why yeah, Deadpool that was so successful was because the fact that making a rated R movie actually makes sense for those characters because that's who they are. And I get the fact that Harley Quinn and everything else is a really dark character and she does cuss and stuff like that, but I don't feel like it's on that same level as a Logan or a Deadpool, in my opinion. But, you know, I just hope that they're not going on ahead to slap this thing on there for the sake of it being rated R, just for us to get excited about it and when there's nothing really to be excited to be about. And then, like I said, too, they're actually using that same kind of Suicide Squad humor. And I like the fact, too, that they actually do want to put some fun into their DC films. But they're doing the same type of formula that they did with Suicide Squad. And coming off the hype from the Suicide Squad movie, if you can call it hype, because it was very split between movie critics, movie audiences, like Batman vs. Superman was. So that's just how I feel about that part. And... Of course, too, they are, they're actually doing some other stuff with Suicide Squad as well, where they're going to make that a Red R thing, too. So, I'm happy with the fact that they actually got James Gunn to be the director for that. And I feel like I'm going to be more excited about that movie than I am for Birds of Prey. And just because of the fact I've seen what he can do with Guardians of the Galaxy, Slither, the Belko Experiment. I've seen where, where he shines at. And he can actually do this movie pretty good, I think. And I'm okay with him directing this, directing the movie. I'm okay with him making a radar because I think that that will actually benefit all the characters that are actually in this movie compared to Birds of Prey, where it's coming off the hype of Suicide Squad. And this is actually going to be its own separate thing away from the very first Suicide Squad movie and also the Birds of Prey movie. So, my thing is this. They said that any all the events that happen in Suicide Squad 1 is not going to be in Suicide Squad 2 or vice versa with Birds of Prey. And so my thing is, I wonder if this is even going to be like a prequel to maybe set up for Jared Leto's Joker for him to be in it. Even though they said he's not going to be in it. But... I'm just speculating. I'm just thinking of different things on how they can actually incorporate the Joker in it into Suicide Squad 2. But, like I said, I think that him making it own, its own separate thing away from Birds of Prey is actually a pretty good thing. Because you don't have, want to have it... If he doesn't want to have connected, he doesn't want to have connected. So I'm perfectly okay with that. And if he's trying to connect and 
if he's trying to connect Suicide Squad 1 with some elements with the 2. I'm wondering what elements he's going to actually use from that. But I don't think he's going to try and connect Suicide Squad 1 with Suicide Squad 2. But that's just me. I don't know what the plot line is going to be. I don't know what the outcome is going to be for that. So, here's the thing. Whenever that comes about, we'll find out more later on. But for right now, it's just something to speculate. It's just something to have fun with. Just to see where it's going to go. But... There's actually some other stuff I want, actually want to cover, too, was the fact that, you know, I really, really love watching, re-watching older movies and stuff like that, too. And, matter of fact, I ended up re-watching, matter of fact, I'm actually going to be calling this call, this segment called Revisiting, because I love revisiting older, older movies. And, I mean, like, movies that came out 20, maybe 30 years ago. Matter of fact... I, we just had our movie lovers rewind, and I watched by Centennial Man again, and I love you have this robot that's this AI, and he's actually trying to become human, and all the stuff he actually has to go through to be human, and everything was just amazing. The effects at that time, I feel like AI is pretty much ahead of its time in a certain sense. Because if you look at the special effects, if you look at the plot line, if you look at what Robin Williams did for that time and everything, it, it was really interesting about how they actually made an AI into a human being to make them feel some type of emotional level and make them feel sorrow, make them feel heart, some heart, make them feel some type of emotional attachment to someone that he cares about and everything. And then when he doesn't then whenever something happens to some of the characters or whatever, you wind up feeling hurt because they passed on or whatever because of the fact they are human. And here he is watching the people that he cared about and taking care of. And he's seeing that hurt. He's seeing... He's, he's actually feeling kind of human and he wants to have, know what it's like to be human. And I really like that aspect with Bicentennial Man. And... You know, I didn't see this movie out in theaters. As a matter of fact, it maybe was at select theaters at the time and everything. And I wish that I would have actually gotten a chance to see it back when I was younger. But it didn't come out during, at theaters at that time to where, I'm, to where I'm at. Another movie that has turned 10 years old is The Lovely Bones. And I remember what, watching this. This is another thing, too. I didn't go out to the movies to see this at all. As a matter of fact, I waited until DirecTV... Uh, went on and put it on and I watched it and I remember every part of my my bones that just no pun intended where I just wanted to knock that creepy looking guy that lives next door to Mark Wahlberg and you can actually feel the pain and the hurt on Mark Wahlberg because he knows in his heart that he did something to his daughter and that he murdered his daughter and Nobody is actually believing is believing him or anything like that. Everybody thinks that he's just being an emotional dad because of the loss of his daughter. And, you know, that's just something that's a natural instinct with the with when your parents and everything. You know that when somebody's done wrong to your family member and everything. And they they think that he's just rational just rationed out because of the fact that 
a lot out rationally because of the fact that he lost his daughter and he's accusing just anybody he can find. But that's not the case. And just the creepiness of that guy. Oh my god. I forgot the character, the, the actor that played that character, but I wanted to deck him so hard because of the fact of what he did. Not only that, but I really wanted Mark Wahlberg to get his vengeance on him. And then also, too, the girl and everything, when you find out that she's actually trapped between the living and the dead and everything, it's her soul is not resting until her the killer is pretty much taken care of and everything. And she's in pain and turmoil because she's seeing her dad go through that and she wants to be laid to rest, but she can't because of the fact that, you know, she's, she's, I'm not going to give you the um, give you the reason why, but anyways, but it's just the heartache, the emotional pain of someone going through that, of wondering where his daughter is, and then the mystery of what happened to her, and knowing that this guy was maybe the last person that saw his daughter, and then too, you also have the actor that played Christopher in in this movie, and the Sopranos in this movie, playing the detective, and that's how you know that he has really good acting chops. Don't get me wrong. I loved him as Christopher. I thought he was a fantastic... I thought, always thought he was a grand, fantastic actor. But just seeing him try to solve this case and thinking that he might not be able to solve this case like he wanted, wants to and everything. By the end of this film and everything, with the special effects that Peter Jackman did, Jackman did and everything, you're going to be blown away with what happens at the very end of this movie I think it's a very good movie for a one time watch just for the pain and the emotional level of that kind of film but you know go ahead check it out let me know what you guys think about Bicentennial Man and also that movie um The Lovely Bones then of course you have Avatar that turned 20 years old and everything over the week and to me it's overrated and I'm not just saying it's overrated because everybody else is saying it's overrated and everything. I saw the movie twice in theaters. I loved it. I even owned the director's cut of the film. And what made it overrated for me was it doesn't stick out. It, the special effects do not stick out as much as they did when you were watching it on the big screen for the very first time. And you can be blown away with the special effects. You can be blown away with the plot and everything at the very beginning when you first see it and everything. First two times I was. But when you go on ahead and you try to watch it at your home, the special effects don't work like they like they did in the theater. The whole entire deal with the avatars and everything else don't stick out. I'm sorry, it just does not. It doesn't have that feel to it when you went to the movie theaters, and it just looks like another basic movie and everything else. And I'm not gonna even gonna go into the whole fact that it looks like Ferngully. It's Ferngully meets Pocahontas. Honest, not honest. Um. Pocahontas and for, and meets uh, Dances with Wolves. I'm not going to go on that level or anything like that, but I am going to say that I think that movie is overrated because of, those, because of those reasons and everything. But, still, I mean, there are fans of, the, uh, of that movie and stuff like that. I'm not knocking anyone that likes it, but that movie is not for me anymore. And if it's for you, I'm all for it. If you're excited for all these sequels that we're going to be getting from 
from James Cameron soon with Avatar. I'm happy for y'all. And maybe a tr- this maybe a trailer might actually sell me on the fact that you know with the with this other Avatar movie. So tell me what you guys think about that. Let me know what you guys think about the Lovely Bones by Satanial Man. Let me know. Uh, send me out a voicemail message. I would love to hear what you guys have to say. So that's gonna do do it now for the show. But I'll probably be back again tomorrow. I took a break because of the fact uh, because of the fact that. I needed some rest, so until next time.